What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Man, what a crazy week for beer news that it was. However, it happened after we recorded this show right here. So you will have to tune in next week to see what we have to say about the three big things that happened in beer. Number one, I don't know if you were paying attention, but modern times out in California, they drastically reduced their footprint, uh, citing financial woes. The CEO of Three's Brewing tweeted out a bunch of stuff about uh, mandates, government mandates, and now they're uh, they're reeling back a little bit. And then finally, Heineken just announced that it was going to have to start increasing prices. So uh, that's a big thing. Heineken is one of the biggest beer producers in the world. So uh, I think that it goes on heels with one of our stories this week in the beer news um so you have to pay attention to that because i think it kind of just rolls right into all of that uh the heineken business anyway also on this week's show we go over our prop bets i know we didn't announce it and we didn't tell you guys but off air we made some prop bets on the super bowl see who won i think last year i barely edged out sorcerer chromatic on uh, our winnings but that was fake money this is real money we actually put real deal us dollars on some prop bets so you have to stay tuned and find out which bets they were and which ones hit and who won the most also on this week's show also on this week's show sorcerer chromatic tells us about he and his wife and a bunch of their beer buddies went to the opening an opening party it wasn't the gala it wasn't the sf beer week gala like he usually goes to it was instead a remote party and he went into the south bay location the silicon valley location i think they called it and uh he talks about the beers they had there and um what what kind of a party it was so uh stay tuned for that that's towards the end and i talk about my time up in prescott arizona at uh, my friend Will Walterson's brewery at Astra and their first anniversary party. So we both went to beer parties uh, last weekend, so we talk about those. All right, so before we get to the show, I got to mention the plugs. Follow us on Instagram and untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast and email us at coldbrewpodcast at gmail.com. As I mentioned, San Francisco Beer Week is in full swing and... Arizona Beer Week is just commencing. Uh, next week, I'll tell you all about Strong Beer Fest. But for now, without further ado, it's time for another cold brew. Coming at your pre-recorder from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this weekend, man? Yeah, it was good until it wasn't. <laughs> I had a fun weekend. I'll get that to. I'll get into that later, man. I went to a couple breweries this weekend. It's been a while since I've been out and about, so it was fun to get out and saw some uh, good old friends uh, that I haven't seen in a while. But I, I get what you mean. Like uh, you and I were pulling for the Bengals. We don't want the Rams to win because they are in the same division as our beloved 49ers. And now they are the champs once again, which kind of sucks, but eh, we'll get over it. Yeah. All right, um, and we'll get into the Super Bowl later because you and I made some prop bets, and uh, we'll see how we did. But for now, right. it's time 
to cap off. So today I have in front of me from our good friends out in Fountain Hills, Arizona from Bonehouse Brewing. I had the collab with the Brew Babes uh, from, from Instagram fame, you know, a friend of the show and contributor, uh, Professor Professor Bierkowski, I call her Rachel. She co-founded an Instagram group, Instagram group with her friend um, Roxy Liquid and they formed the, the Brew Babes. And they did a collab with Bonehouse. It's a German lager made with in the Hell's tradition. This beer was brewed in collaboration with the Beer Base family. And it is a Hell's Lager 6.3% alcohol by volume. And on the can, their can art is fabulous. It features Roulette, who is a... Uh, it looks like a, a, a... What do you call it? A woman who's a gunslinger. And she's got a... It looks like her, her pistol's got red and black all over it, kind of like, you know, the roulette wheel. And she's uh, almost, almost kind of like a uh, sugar skullish as far as her face goes. And then she's, hold, she's holding a revolver in one hand, pointing it, and the other one's got a heart in her, in, in the other hand behind her. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome can art. Let me see here. Oh, here. Roulette is the protector, the keeper, the watcher. She is always there when you need her, and she has... A way of showing up right before you need her. She's the kind of comrade that'll ride or die. She'll watch you back. She'll watch your back and your heart until she meets her demise. Sorry, this is a. It's got some dark writing on it. Or the can art's awesome, but it's a little dark. Uh, the series of beers dedicated to the women of our personal lives and of the world who inspire us, push us, make us think deeper mentor us and lead it by example the women of the craft beer community are wholly unique so we brewed this beer with all of them in mind this beer was inspired by a group of women spanning the globe the beer based family who bonded via the internet by way of their love for beer and as a result they instituted a sisterhood so without further ado pop off what do you got Oh, shit. I got just some news real quick. Uh, okay. I don't mean to bring the, the show to a squeaking halt, but uh, RIP Ivan Reitman. Oh, no kidding. The movie producer. Yeah. Yeah. Behind uh, Ghostbusters, Stripes, Kindergarten Cop, and a lot more. Yeah. RIP, 75 years old. Uh, I'll pop this top to him after I share the beer I got. Very nice. What, what beer do you <laughs> I, have? I, I feel like that... Uh, I feel like that announcer who got saying all those slurs and he's apologizing and he goes, and he hits one so deep in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. And I, I know your reference. Okay. I, I, I don't remember his name though. Right. Okay. So I got from our friends at Carnar Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Oh damn, dude! I was gonna start boycotting SoCal beer. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? It's just not. Because I hate the rim. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, I got from Carnival Brewing Company the, uh, well, they don't have football down there anyway. So um, I got their Bonfire Beach. Their pastry stout brewed with vanilla bean, chocolate, cinnamon, honey, brown sugar, and lactose. Did you get a sweeter beer? My God. <laughs> as far as, yeah, as far as the, the stuff they add to it, yeah. The pastry, right, 
Okay, so what is the best part of a beach bonfire? The s'mores or the beers? We think the answer is both. Bonfire, bonfire beach blends all the favors you love from fresh pizzas and s'mores. Put vanilla bean, chocolate, cinnamon, honey, brown sugar, and lactose into a rich, decadent pastry stuff. Needless to say, this beer is fire. So it's a 10.50% uh, ABV. Ooh. It's available in 16 ounce cans. And it pairs well, pairs well with wood fire barbecue pork ribs, soldering steak, and creme brulee. So, without any further ado, into Ivan Reichman. Pop. Yeah, Ghostbusters. All yeah, right, man. Right, right. <laughs> Strives too. And hey, Ivan Reitman, he was our big toe. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So this uh, Bay Brew One featuring Roulette is is awesome. Um, I already talked about it before. I had it back uh, at the Copper State Beer Festival, and at the end of the beer festival, I saw Rachel, and she just gave me a four pack. So I've been saving this, and I would have had it last week had I not picked up the Brave Noise by um, Mountains Walking. I was gonna feature this one last week, but I got it this week, and it still doesn't disappoint. This is a fabulous beer. It is a really good um german lager made in the hills tradition and it is light it is refreshing there's a little bit of of breadiness to it just a little bit though but this is more like an effervescent beer like a very crisp beer this is a dare i say a crispy boy very good it's funny it's a crispy boy yet it was brewed in collaboration with uh the beer babes Word. All right, how's your beer treating you? Uh, well, I took a few sips, and yeah, you could tell it's it's a sweet stout. It's got some uh, some what you call sweetness going on to it. Um, I just had a few sips while you're talking, so I need to get into it. It's okay. a little chill too, so it needs to open up like most stouts do. Right, right. All right, so we will rate these later on Untapped, and you will give us a better description uh, at that point. Correct. Correct. All right, so let us get into the beer news. Just a couple stories this week. Uh, let's see here. First off, researchers make non-alcoholic non beer taste like regular beer. Even though sales of non-alcoholic beer have risen sub substantially in Denmark and Europe in the last couple of years, and the U.S., I mean, there's there is a market for non-alcoholic beers. It, well, there is a market, but it, it's been slowly growing in the U.S. as well. There are still many people that won't follow the healthy trend because they find the taste not to be quite as good as that of regular beers. That is true. It is just the it, it's not the same. It's like drinking uh, what like Diet Coke to regular Coke. It is a different taste, but it, it's also an acquired taste, though, right? I mean, I I, I enjoy Coke Zero, but it took me, a, a, you know, a few Coke Zeros before I got used to the taste. Now, let's see here. Some people find the taste to be flat and watery, and it, this has a natural explanation, according to Soterios Campranis, a professor at the University of Copenhagen. Oh, that's... I could have swore that was going to be a <laughs> the University of Greece or something. Hey, uh, how do you feel about non-alcoholic beers? When's the last time you had a non-alcoholic beer? 
I can't. I don't have a. Oh wait, uh, what's my joke on that? Is I don't have the money to spend to not get drunk. <laughs> I love it, but like I say, it was free. Nothing's. Free. Oh yeah, I don't have that kind of time either. Time is or yeah. time is money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what non-alcoholic beer lacks is the aroma. Well, the last time I had it was, what? yeah. I don't want. I don't. I don't waste my pee on non-alcoholic beverage. <laughs> That's just more time, right? I uh, yeah, exactly. Well, last year I did the uh, the the dry January for the show, so that was the last time. And you remember, I I just I hated it. I I think the I liked one out of the the four beers that I like that that I had, and like is a relative term at that point. Um, let me see here. Uh, another quote. What non-alcoholic beer lacks is the aroma from hops. When you remove the alcohol from the beer, for example, heating it up, you also kill the aroma that comes from the hops. Other methods for making alcohol-free beer by minimizing fermentation also lead to poor aroma because alcohol is needed, needed for hops to pass their unique flavor to the beer. But now, Compranis and his colleague Simon Dussault, both founders of biotech company Evodia Bio have cracked the code of how to make non-alcoholic beer that is full of hop aroma. After years of research, we have found a way to produce a small, a group of small molecules called monoterpenoids, which provide the hoppy flavor, then add them to the beer at the end of the brewing process to give it back its lost flavor. No one has been able to do this before, so it's a game changer for non-alcoholic beer. Instead of adding expensive aroma hops in the brewing tank, just to quote, throw away their flavor at the end of the process, the researchers have turned ba- have turned baker's yeast cells into micro factories that can be grown into fermenters and release the aroma of hops. They state in a newly published study. So that that's some new coming out of Europe, man. Um, some uh, natural way to make beer, non-alcoholic beer, taste more like regular beer. So I, I'm I'm kind of excited. I want I I want to try this at least. Uh, to see if they if their claims are accurate. But you know, except for like, well, obviously I, I'm a fan of, of like the barrel aged stuff, and, and yeah, for me that's when you take the alcohol. Like in in a normal, you know, obviously run of the mill beer like the, the macro brews, you uh-huh. shouldn't be tasting the alcohol anyway. So like, it's almost like if they were gonna take out the alcohol and, and make it. I guess, I, I guess that's the trade-off. I don't see it's like they take out the alcohol, but it doesn't. It seems to take away from flavor, and I don't get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know the process of, of the non-alcoholic. Maybe we should do. Maybe I should look. I'll look that up for the next uh, next show. Like the process of making a beer non non-alcoholic. Um, but. There is a market for it. You know, people want to be healthier or they do the dry stuff or like we talked about before, some people, um, religious beliefs, they, they don't want to drink alcohol, but they still like the flavor or they are going through something medical where they, you know, they have to take medication or, you know, cancer um, patients going through therapy. They have, they can't drink alcohol, but they still crave that taste. So it'll say, satiate their cravings in a, uh, um, in a healthy way. So I get it. There is a market. And so to make the market more appealing, then better tasting beer would help. <laughs> and I think it's uh, in the interest of all brewers 
who want to make non-alcoholic beer make their product more appealing to more people? Right. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next story comes at us from Food and Wine. I, I go to them a lot. They have a really good... They're, they're right on top of things, that Food and Wine. Uh, Vine Pair 2. But this one comes from Food and Wine. America's beer industry is still too consolidated. A federal report finds. Um, forged in the late 70s and coming into its own in the 90s, the modern craft brewing industry has changed the face of both American and global beer. These days, nearly every community in America has its own brewery, and these small brewers have set the trends, putting IPAs on tap at bars around the world and taking barrel-aging stouts to new levels of decadence. Here, here. And yet, at its core craft beer, true independent craft beer has always been about one thing, us versus them. Little breweries fighting an uphill battle against global behemoths called Big Beer. But despite four decades of craft breweries redefining everything we know about beer, a new government report released this week suggests in the fundamental battle of Big Beer versus independent breweries, very little has changed. As part of the Biden administration's executive order on promoting competition in the American economy, the Treasury Department was asked to assess the American markets for beer, wine, and spirits. Two major industry trends marked the last several decades. The first is significant growth in the number of small and craft brewers or producers of beer, wine, and spirits. There are now over 6,400 operating breweries in the United States, up from a low of 89 in the late 70s. The report states, however, the second trend is one of consolidation, particularly at distribution or retail levels levels for beer, wine and spirits, and at the production level for beer. In many states, there has been significant consolidation in distribution. Additionally, two brewers have dominated the U.S. market since 2008 and today account for an estimated 65% of the beer market nationwide as measured by revenue. The report found that despite the flourishing of small and craft producers in local markets is unusual in a contemporary U.S. economy where many markets are dominated by few national brands. The beer industry still wasn't as competitive as it could be. Specifically, the Treasury found that consolidation was problematic. Complaints were numerous and many current regulators are likely hurting smaller producers more than the big ones. I think uh, you and I and some most of our listeners already kind of knew that right like there was anecdotal evidence and other you know this is actually um coming from the u.s government but as far as you and i go we we talk about this all the time in our during our show how ab InBev's coming in and buying everything and molson cores and heineken and um all the other big brands the conglomerates are coming in buying in all these crap breweries right we have an issue with that as far as like you know uh, i'm not hating on on a, a craft brewer who who kind of gets his payday I, you know in the long run i think it's worth it uh-huh. i just i don't like how they uh they just uh slap it or you know sla- uh what a slap it in their profile and make it run at the mill for me yeah Oh yeah, yeah. They they just assimilate it, and, and a lot then of people make say it, that like, go ahead. It it changes up, um, you know, whether it's because of, of co- you know cutting costs to because I mean, you know, 
the craft brewing process and stuff, uh, probably not as cost efficient as making uh, the macro beer style. So they uh, they change it up. So yeah, just not a fan of the the takeover because well, because of the change and because of the uniqueness and supporting local business versus the the big beer machine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one of the things that the report suggests is that the government is part of the problem. The regulators, anyway, are part of the problem in that they may be too wrapped up in industry influence. Right. So this report comes out, but it doesn't offer any solutions except for government regulation, which might drive up prices. (laughs) So I don't know if this is a... It's... It's pointing out there are problems, but it doesn't give um, what do you, uh, economic solutions that are um, favorable for beer drinkers. If anything, craft beer drinkers already known this for a while, and it comes as no surprise. But as far as if they try to like regulate or see that there's an oligarchy going on in the beer industry, and they start splitting, then big beer prices are going to rise, right? But then again, right? Because they control everything. But at the same time, if there's an oligarchy, they can actually raise prices because they can control the prices that way. So, I I, I guess if they do break them apart, break them apart, it would um, it would allow the free market to set the price a little bit more. But thinking about I, it, I, yeah. basically that's how Russian Russia came to be, right? What do you mean? I'm just joking oh. about communism. <laughs> oh, my <that's> God. <laughs> <laughs> then the commies win, yes. <laughs> well, uh, oh, for beer. <laughs> <laughs> for beer, that's right. For weak beer. For, uh, what do they call They just call the food pro- uh, food stuffs, right? Because it's not, it's not real alcohol. Right. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, but it's big beer, so I, I don't buy big beer anyway, so who cares? <laughs> For the prices anyway. All right, so that's uh, that's all the beer news I have this week. Um, you know what time it is? Big idea. It's uh, time for my favorite segment of the show. It's time for the cold brew list. As we proceed to give you what you need. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What happened this weekend? Um, the Super Bowl. Right. Right. Our list is uh, relating to that. I don't know if how much you left on because I know uh, it was a plan we we started and it didn't work out. So uh, we kind of cut it and going forward, um, we revamped it. However, we're going to be honest about it because it's not like anything crazy. But we uh, we placed some prop sets. Right, yeah. Uh, we were going to do it last show, but we weren't prepared. So we we did it midweek off, off air. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And uh, I know I, I talked about them uh, as, as far as uh, my uh, my list story. Mm-hmm. However, um, just going forward, uh, we talked to our... We, we looked at the site we're going to use and found the, the numbers and uh, went on from there. So I just have a list of the prop bets that we did. And as I read them off, you could obviously tell uh, how we did. Yeah, I'm, I'm logging in right now. 
So first, first I'll do my bets and then I'll do your bets. Okay, sounds good. So first, uh, I my bet was Cincinnati would win the coin toss. And you won I didn't that do one. heads or tails because, yeah, I won that one. Yeah, I didn't do heads or tails. I just wanted to go with Cincy. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I didn't know something where there was a streak that unfortunately stayed alive this week, where the last seven teams to win the coin toss have lost the game. <laughs> oh, is that bad? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So they said uh, seven. The last seven teams uh, that won the toss lost the game, which includes our 49ers. Okay. So uh, yeah, and the. Uh, because of the results today, it's going to be eight. So hey, uh, for future bets, take note. Wait, uh, should hey. I should I give so, the uh, the odds and and the payout, or just wait till the end? Yeah, you could do that. Okay, so the odds were minus one hundred four. Um, you put ten dollars on it. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh, just do the odds because I don't need the IRS kind of. And what? They'll they'll be after me because it's under my name anyway. Oh. Um, yeah, so you, uh, you put 10 bucks on it. I put 10 bucks on it and, uh, we won, uh, 1962 was the payout. So you won $9 and 62 cents. Next. Um, my next was uh bro MVP. Uh, I just went with that because I thought if since he won, it would be because of him or they would give it to him like kind of the default quarterback MVP. No, that, yeah, I, th- I thought that was so a good that- bit. And essentially, that was my Cincinnati winning bet versus uh, the actual putting it on the team. Yeah, no, I got that. That was a you plus. Yeah, that was a plus two thirty. Yeah. Um, there's another one that I thought, just in case the, the game, I I thought it would be a shootout or you know, like even a, a runaway. So uh, the next one I put was any player for a uh, hundred fifty yards plus. Which right. meant like a receiver going off or even a running back going off. Now, I'm pretty sure it's not combined yardage. So if they had like a a McCaffrey or like a Debo type situation, yeah. uh, I don't think that would have counted. In fact, I I was banking on it not counting, but I just thought, hey, maybe Chase or, or Cut might go off if, if this game gets one-sided. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought even if it didn't get one, one-sided, Higgins was on pace to get uh, 200 yards. Right, yeah, and actually, he only ended up with like a hundred, though, right? Yeah, he got a hundred, and then he didn't do anything yeah. after that. <laughs> right, so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, a bet oh, that was, I I'm sorry, thought, real quick, that was a plus one seventy five. Right. Yeah. Then uh, a bet I thought that was fun was uh, that appealed to me. Um, uh, a defensive or special teams touchdown. Yeah, and and I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I messed up on that one, and I said defense or special teams to score a first touchdown. <laughs> oh yeah, ah, but you you lost anyway. That, yeah, that was, I so that didn't happen. Yeah, that was a uh, actually that that bad. I I thought that was great because the the odds were eleven to one plus eleven hundred. Right. I mean, you know, when I saw that, I didn't think that the odds were that high. Yeah. But I'm at the same time, like. All right, cool. That would that would have hit. That would have hit. Nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, it could have happened. Who knows? Shades of Devin Hester, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, and then one that I just thought again, going with the shootout and uh, exploring game because that's what the NFL loves. I just thought um, the punt total would be the over under was six and a half. Yeah, and uh, that that didn't hit, right? Yeah, no, it, it did not. That was a plus one twenty. Yeah. 
Right, that was plus one twenty. But yeah, I think I think uh, the the Rams punter alone had six, or, or one of the punters alone had six. So I know the other one had a few as well. So yeah, that one here, I probably should have took the over on that. However, um, I was just thinking too with all the uh, the football analytics, sabermetric stuff that they would be going for it more too. You know I mean? Yeah, I, I thought so too. I thought Which it was going to be. Which they did a fair amount, you know. Yeah, I thought, was, I thought both Burroughs and Stafford were going to be throwing it, bombing it all over the field. And they would be, I thought there was going to be a lot more field goals because right? I thought they'd be close enough. You know, drives would stall like within the 35 and then they'd be kicking it. Right. Okay, out, so to recap, my yeah. uh, my bets were Cincy winning the toss, Burrow MVP, mm-hmm. any player 150 yards plus, defense, special teams, touchdown, our punts over mm-hmm. under uh, six and a half. Now yeah. you. You went with the MVP, not a quarterback, and that one hit, right? Yeah, that Super one hit. MVP. Yeah, that was a plus two twenty-five. Yeah, because you can't give a quarterback with two interceptions to MVP, right? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't, unless he has like five touchdowns <laughs> to those two uh, interceptions. Here's an interesting one. I thought Chris Evans touchdown. Yeah, that was Captain the, America. Uh... <laughs> Captain America coming out the stands <laughs> to line up. In the wishbone <laughs> and run one in. That's right. He had a couple touches in the game. I got that. That was the uh, the Sal. That was the cousin Sal bet. That I got that from the uh, the the, what's the Bill Simmons show. That was the cousin Sal long shot bet. I just thought it was a fun bet because at first I did Uzoma, and then I heard that he might not play, so I'm like, uh, I got to pick someone else. And I was like, ah, eh. Uzoma. He's a tight end for the the Bengals, and, and then I thought. Eh, if he doesn't play, let me just switch that out and I'll put Chris Evans. Just I'll just do the cousin Sal bit. Why not? Next, next is the one I like was a McPherson game winning field goal. Oh man, there, it, there was a chance, man. Had they gone down and tied the game, he could have done it in overtime, yeah. and that would have hit. That was a plus one thousand, but basically ten to right. one. Basically. Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, you could. I'm sorry. Oh. Hey, um, I, I know I mentioned this in a long time listening, though. I, I listened to McAfee, and, and McAfee had McPherson on it. He loves that guy, just loves his attitude, stuff like that. Hey, did you see him? He was all that they showed him watching the uh, the halftime show. He wasn't even yeah. in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I, I didn't know how true that was. Um, oh, that's yeah, true. At the same time, McAfee, McAfee's like, you know, Chris McPherson can't be shook. You know, like the old, uh, he goes in, and all you. Guys who uh, everyone kicking, kicking camp or kickers know this how how like uh, when you uh, when you're a rookie and you go to uh, to, to training camp and you need that mentality how like you know an old vet would, would come up to you and say you know hundred bucks says you missed that field goal mm-hmm. you got to look at him in the eye and say ten grand says I make it you know <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a <laughs> Evan, Evan McPherson you said Chris. On here, it oh, says, that, oh, oh, you know, because I was looking at Chris, Chris Evans. That's why. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris <laughs> Evans, McPherson. <laughs> yes, he's an amalgam. Yeah. No, no, okay, yeah, all, okay, yeah, they're both rookies on, on the card. It just says McPherson. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> all right. Next, you went with one that I didn't see and I didn't know about, but Scorigami and, and Scorigami's been a big thing now ever since uh, the field goal moved back, or not the field goal, that PIT moved back, and, yeah, uh, PIT. He's our random thing or uh box. Yeah. And uh this team had a box field goal too, so that was cool. 
I, now I thought because I was looking through some of the old field, uh, the the old scores, and I did not see twenty to twenty three, uh, twenty three to twenty in any of them. So I, it says I didn't hit it. So I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write to Fanduel and say what the fuck's going on. Oh well, did that thing is it is it Super Bowl score gummy or overall history of the NFL score gummy? Oh, it is. It says unique final score in NFL history. Oh shit! I thought it was Super Bowl history. See, that's my bad. Yeah. I fucked that. Yeah, up. see, I would totally do it if I knew it was NFL or Super Bowl only. Yeah, that, that would be an that too. Yeah. Oh man, see, I fucked up. That, that's my bad. I, I saw the 12 yeah, to 1 and I was and I got all you know excited yeah like I could see like you know uh, a few knock that down to like 7 or 8 to 1 you know? mm-hmm. yeah yeah half of that and, yeah damn and then you put a successful 2 point conversion yeah I, I didn't hit that that was plus 235 which could have happened after that botched the PAT. <laughs> yeah, we, oh yeah, when when the after they fucked up that PAT, I'm like, ooh, this sets up like possible two. Depending on what the score was, you know, the you look at the card, do you go for it or do you go for two or just kick the PAT? And I thought there was a chance. No, no, but you know what I was thinking too was uh, hmm. when they were running it back, like that's a successful PAT, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it really? Is that considered? <laughs> no, that's a no, that's a special it, teams, like, right? I mean, right. Well, no, I'm just saying it wasn't planned, but it's still. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, you. with that, oh that wouldn't have hit my bet though, because that would have been a, a special teams two point. <laughs> right. Not a, yeah. Um, not a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. All right. So, All right. so that. Okay. The, yeah. So, okay. So to run down yours, uh, MVP not a QB, uh, Captain America touchdown. Piercing game winner field goal, origami, <laughs> and uh, successful two point. So we just out of all, but okay. So we each picked five bets, mm-hmm. and we were both what one for five, right? One for five, yeah. And I, I, I beat you out. You had the Cincinnati Bengals to win the coin toss, um, which was minus one hundred four. So the payout was nineteen sixty two. And I tell you this. FanDuel for signing up, they gave me fifty dollars for free, so I owe you twenty five on top of that, nineteen sixty two. So that gives you a total of, uh, back to you of forty four sixty two. So you really only lost like five dollars and thirty eight cents. Not bad, you know, five dollars thirty eight cents just for to make the. Hey, would you pay five dollars and thirty eight cents to make the Super Bowl slightly more interesting? Yes, I went to, and the uh, I I won because Cooper Cup won the MVP, um, and that was a ten dollar bet. The payout was thirty two fifty, so over the five dollars, so I won uh, seven dollars and fifty cents. I came out ahead seven dollars and fifty cents. So that was fun. What you think uh, compared to last year when we just did fake money? Was this a little bit more fun? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So we will do it again next year. Um, for the uh, Super Bowl, we will do our prop bet. Hey, maybe maybe next year California will get in line and they'll have um, they'll have betting there, and then you could just do your own. That way, uh, we could uh, we we could do it a, a little bit more uh, efficiently. Right? Yeah. That way, you can uh, yeah, you can study it, analyze and, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. 
Very good, very good. How's your beer treating you, man? Uh, not bad. Just sipping on it. It's a, it's, it's an easy drinker. It's enjoyable. All right. We are going to rate our beers on Untapped right now. So go to Untapped and search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. Now you had some kind of beach beer. <laughs> what was the name of the brewery again? I forgot. Coronado. Oh yeah. Coronado. And what was it called? Something beach? Bonfire Beach. Bonfire Beach. There it is. Uh, none of our friends have rated it. It has a 457 check-ins for everyone else. What would you like to rate this beer at? I would give it a... I'd give it a 3.5. Okay. All right. Um, Not stellar, but not bad. Uh, right now has an overall rating of 3.90. We're going to check in at 3.45. Yeah. And what would you like to... Um, what kind of notes would you like to leave for this beer on Untapped? Sweet. Stouty. <laughs> Stouty, yeah. And I'm not sure, because that kind of does it. I mean, uh. All right, sweet and stouty, that's fine. I guess they're. Yeah. Here's the thing like. For all these flavors going on, I think it's too much going on. You know what I mean? Oops. You still there? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Oh, I'm you sorry. Yeah. Hello, hello? Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you, yeah. Oh, okay. I can hear you. Why can't I... I... Oh, you know... There you go. <laughs> Hold on. I dropped my phone and I hit one of the buttons on the on the mixer and I have no idea which button I hit until I started pressing all of them and then I, I figured it out. <laughs> I couldn't hear myself and then I couldn't hear you and then ah oh man it was anyway. You were saying that it was just too many too many flavors is that what you, is that what you think? Yeah, there's too much too much going on. Nothing really stands out so because okay. of that. Just like a. With sugary stout. However, if you're uh, if you're into that, cool. You know, what I mean? there are a lot of people who are into that. Yes, yes, I, I, I get it. All right, so check in, and let's close all these cards. Now I had by Bonehouse the Bay Brew Hell's Lager featuring Roulette. Uh, I I said before I think this is an excellent beer. I'm gonna give it a uh, four point five. I just think it's a, uh, it's it's phenomenal. They did a great job over there. It was one of my favorite beers at Copper State Beer Festival. So let me see here. Uh, see Bonehouse, um, Bone House, Babe, Brew One featuring Roulette. There it is. Check it. I have, we have two friends uh, who checked in on it uh, for an average rating of 4.5. Jose Alatriste gave it a 4. And our friend Rachel Benkowski, a.k.a. Professor Beerkowski, gave it a 5. She, of course, loves it. She might be a little biased, but really, she's a Cicerone. 
And she told me, and she just she passed her, her test. Um, I think I said that before, but and she's studying to be a, a beer judge. So that's uh, that's her latest go. endeavor. So good for her or endeavor, and uh, she should know this is a really good beer. I, I really value her opinion. However, you know, I have my own opinion too, and I give it a four point five. I'm gonna say this is um, oops, almost give three point five. <laughs> I'm gonna say it is light, crisp, and refreshing. This is a really good beer. This is like one of those you could take to the beach or sip uh, at the pool or at a ball game. This would be perfect. And save and. Check in. All right. Um, before we get to, the, I do want to talk about the book of Boba Fett. But before we get to that, I do want to say, give a shout out to Ad Astra for their one year anniversary. I went up there this uh, this past, but Saturday, and they had a. Uh, um, it was great. They had a live music, and then after live music, they had karaoke, and I got my Flight Wave series. Their flight wave is their barley wine. They had one that was aged in peach brandy barrels. They had one that was aged in bourbon, maple bourbon barrels. And then they had a cuvee. And so I I, I was, I went up there thinking that I was just going to, you know, hang out and, you know, have some beer and hang out with Will a little bit. And then they just gave me six of them because I'm part of the launch crew. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I got beers uh, at their anniversary, so it was fucking amazing. So uh, yeah, the, I, the only one I had, oh no, I had two of them up there. I, I, I did not have the cuvee, but I had the uh, peach brandy, which was brilliant. Uh, the uh, burb, the maple bourbon one, which was really good, um, and I, they paired that with some um, some chocolate truffles from Pralines of Prescott. They are a gourmet chocolatier up there, and hung out with Will and his brother again and his cousin Brandon who were there at the uh it check this out <laughs> so they get there and his brother Johan kind of remembers me and he's like I know I've talked to you before I go yeah man we hung out at Harvey's Weinberger after the Copper State Beer Festival he's like oh yeah I don't remember too much from that and he dude he he was a little bit drunk but uh, Brandon was it looked like you know he was fighting it the whole time like fighting throwing up the whole time <laughs> so he didn't remember me either but that's so good they 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 were su super cool hung out with them and um brandon's girlfriend and johan's wife and uh will and his girlfriend or his fiance excuse me audrey and uh yeah it was a, it was a fun time and i sang one song karaoke i sang uh uh drops of jupiter by by train and i killed it i must say oh yeah <laughs> right yeah we're 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 girls throwing bras on the stage they, they wanted to, but they had boyfriends, so they had to. <laughs> they had to keep them on. <laughs> they didn't want to make them jealous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they told me their their bra sizes on the way up. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, that so that was super fun. And then today, um, I just hit up my buddy Matt Hines uh, from Bis Brewing because I hadn't talked to him in a while, and I was like, you, you know, I just say, hey, what's up, man? How you been? I just, you know, just shooting the shit. And I had no idea he was going to be out and about. So I went and met up with him over at Lake Pleasant Brewery or Brewing, which is a new brewery out up in North Phoenix. So I met up with him real quick. And on the way back, I stopped at uh, 
Oh, when I was at at Lake Pleasant, though, I saw uh, Brandon Richter and his son, and they were there. They said they closed the Richter Ale Works, uh, his brewery. They closed it because they just they wanted a day off. They just, they just wanted to give themselves the Super Bowl Sunday off. So I'm like, hey, fuck yeah, dude, do what you. It's your place. Why not? And so I saw them there. I saw uh, Eric Walters from Tap That AZ. He's the other podcast in town. So I saw him there. He was, he actually was returning beer. I go, dude, you can't return beer, man. That's like, that's against the law. He's like, well, I bought a, a, a hazy IPA and I opened it up and it's a porter inside. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> they just mislabeled it. That's all. Cause they're generic cans. And then they just put like a, a label on the outside. And, uh, what else? Who else I saw there? I saw, oh, I saw Tyler Smith. Um, he's just opening the Kitsune, Kitsune Brewing. I've had his beer on the show. Saw him there, so I asked if uh, we we're gonna set something up. He's gonna come on the show and talk about beer with me. So I, I saw a lot of notables at Lake Pleasant Brewing. So that was kind of cool. And uh, then I stopped at Throne real quick. I, was, I stopped at Throne in Peoria to visit my friend Ali, but at the same time I was gonna buy that. What's that? Uh, um, remember when when uh, L- you and LT and 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 the boy came out and we went to uh, yeah. Throne and LT really liked that Bell Road with Blood Orange. It was a it was an IPA with Blood Orange in it. Anyway, I went there. I was gonna buy a four pack and then I was gonna send it to you. So a um, couple weeks when I come when I come up, um, we can have some beer. You know, <laughs> and I was gonna surprise LT, but I get there and. Guess which one beer that they did not have in four packs? The one you're mentioning. Yeah, the Blood Orange Bell IPA, the Bell Road IPA. They they were all out, and I'm like, well, shit. So, um, yeah, but uh, it was still fun to see Ali again. And uh, it, don't tell anybody, dude, but she gave me all my beer for free today. So that was oh. kind of cool. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Shh. And then I got home and then uh, watched the uh, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. Um, do you want to talk anything about Super Bowl, or, is, or do you think we talked enough about it? Uh, yeah, I think we talked enough. How about the half? Well, real quick, what about the halftime show? What do you think? Uh, not bad for a halftime show. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I love the names. I love the fact they were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I do realize that. Um, they have to do a truncated version of the show right. just because of the, uh, the 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 stipulations that they're under. So uh, I didn't expect too much. I mean, cool set. Don't get me wrong; it was it was it was better than Elvis Presto. <laughs> I would say it's for me. It's in the top five. I wouldn't say number one for me. Number one still Prince. You know, a lot of people like. I, I didn't care too much for Prince and. I rewatched the clip of that, and uh, yeah, dude, his guitars were on it. He yeah. was playing the guitars; they were not tuned. I mean, so I, I get oh, okay. it. He played, or he has good songs and stuff. However, uh, musically, it wasn't there, and, and maybe the tracks over it covered it up. However, if you knew what to listen for and you watched it again, you, you would see that it's not there. Huh? Maybe I was in. Maybe I was yeah. uh, in an altered state when I saw it. But I just, from what I remember, I thought it was the best. So, so was I. So was I. Like I, I heard all this breakdown afterwards, and uh, and I found a clip, and I I saw it, and I'm like, oh, I see what they're talking about. And hmm. and uh, even uh, people were, even there was a, 
I read a clipping about how uh, they called that out to the people, and they said because of his unique guitars, they can't fit in traditional stands on on standby after the sound check. So people were holding them, and they probably got out of tune or didn't stay in tune for whatever reason. I think it was down in in Florida too. Maybe the humidity got to it. I guess there's not no, too yeah, much and humidity. That was Super Bowl. It actually rained. Remember it rained. Oh, okay. I, I do. I don't remember, but um, I remember the halftime show, but I don't remember the the, the game itself. All right. Right. So, so I'm not saying I didn't like that show, mm-hmm. but uh, when you, uh, it's not as good as we remember. I can't put it. Yeah, I can't put it as number one. Okay. All right. It and it wasn't 3D like Elvis Presley. <laughs> you and your Elvis Presley. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. No, but, I mean, that, yeah. that, that just blows my mind how, uh, how, uh, what's it called? <laughs> how far uh, the shows have come, if you will. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before it was just like a, a an afterthought, a novelty. Now they actually put like thought into who comes out and performs. They, they get big acts now. Yeah. The production was great. I thought maybe last year the, the weekend's production was better. Or last year, last year's um, Super Bowl. All the dancers, like the right. two hundred dancers. Yeah, cause, and then because uh, he had like a, he already had his tour and theme plan to, to mm-hmm. drop into the Super Bowl versus uh, this ensemble, if you will. Yeah, and he could do more with the. He actually did something with the stadium. He like he incorporated the stadium into his uh, into his set design, which was amazing. Right. Say what you will about his music, he's and then he poked uh, fun of himself with the the face wraps and everything. I thought that was kind of funny, um, but anyway, uh, I I thought it was good. It was really cool to see all the all the guys and, and of course Mary on stage and um, doing their thing. And it was I was I was emotional. I wasn't crying, but I was still like filled with um, emotion as far as the the fact that rap was at a Super Bowl. It, I was surprised and I was a little bit mad at myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Did you not forget Nelly's halftime performance? <laughs> or the Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> yeah. Actually, there was a pregame performance, but Nelly was... I mean, Nelly wrapped it. I think, was it Run DMC with them? or, or It was like a little ensemble at the end. So, yeah. I don't know. You can't call it the first rap from Semi Eyes anyway. Well, for me, it was it was full rap. It was all rap. Um, right. I still liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, and then I see on social media how people are calling out uh, Eminem for kneeling. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, the, I mean, it, I saw him kneeling. And I I didn't realize it was out of protest. I thought that was just his his uh, his his kind of uh, posturing for that song. His and cho- at the choreography. Same time, I'm not, yeah, I, at the same time, I'm not negating that he did kneel for for you Colin? know social justice or mm-hmm. yeah, Colin. I just, I saw it and I didn't correlate that to what he was doing. Like I, like I thought he might have like been loading up for a jump or something too. Where, and then too, um, you saw it. And if if I'm mistaken, kind of the camera kept going and kind of popped him out anyway too. So it wasn't like it was a huge, huge feature. It, it he made it seem like he was taking himself out of the the spotlight. Right, like. He was on, yeah. He was on that stage or that little house, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, the roof. He was just, yeah. He's kind of like ducking himself just to, uh, yeah, just to, to let Dre or whoever. I think it was Dre on the piano. Or yeah, yeah. You're right. It was Dre on the piano, um, and he started the uh, steel song. 
Exactly. All right, moving right along. Um, we are going to conclude the Book of Boba Fett Season 1, Chapter 7, called In the Name of Honor, directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. This is the episode that culminated everything that we saw throughout the season. Um, it started off... Um, this it started off with the X-wing, right, flying into uh, into most Pelgo. Uh, I don't think it started with the X-wing. That that took a little bit. Okay, well, how did it start off? Because I, I forgot how it started. Um, were they looking at the aftermath from the bomb? Oh yeah, you're probably right. Um, but nevertheless, um, when the X-wing came in and flew down. I thought Luke was going to be in there. Yeah, me too. And then it turns out it was just, uh, it was Grogu, but R2 flew it out there. So we know that Grogu chose Mandalorian. And I was thinking too, I'm like, if Grogu is the same species as Yoda, he lives 900 years. He doesn't have to learn the force right now. No, I thought he could that. Yeah, he could do his thing right now. And, and I think you brought it up before, you know, Luke chose his friends over... <laughs> over uh, um training with yoda so it, it's kind of like it right. falls in the line with the uh, other um star wars heroes and their training <laughs> um but yeah he he comes in uh, he flies into he models hangar and it was great like uh when when she find out finds out his name is grogu and she's like oh i hate that name that's a terrible name <laughs> it kinda yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah that was a lot of fan service um with that line i thought it was great so I, I laughed i don't know about you what'd you think what'd you think of that scene well that scene yeah i mean i laughed um i i thought it was pretty obvious that grogu was gonna learn the part and then too i think uh luke kind of gave it away it's like it's not so much as me teaching him as him remembering so he probably does know a lot and mm -hmm. uh like uh, ahsoka said back back in the mandalorian season where like he he kind of shut off his horse power to not be found you know, so mm. maybe even then he has that power to uh, to control his uh, his force sensitivity. So, oh, okay, so he's... and yeah, yeah, as he grows older and wiser, I mean, so you got to scale, you know, kind of like reverse dog here his uh, his 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 scale. So mm -hmm. yeah, if he lives to nine hundred, I think he's ninety. So then, like you know, like every ten years to a human is one year to him. I mean, yeah, you know, what, what's two years of force training concerning how old Luke was? No. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I understand why they, they did what he, yeah. what he, uh, what they did in the, for his storyline anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Bane and the Pikes confront Fett, Shand and Jaren outside the remains of the sanctuary where Bane reveals that the Pikes killed Fett's Tuscan tribe and frame, frame, um, frame the biker gang, which in retrospect, it's like, ah, yeah, we should have seen that. I mean, maybe the, the star Wars nerds, uh, who do the YouTube channels, did they already say it, that that's what happened? Or did they already speculate that? I think that, that, yeah, that was said a lot. Uh, I heard people saying that a long time ago. Okay. All when, right. uh, when the, the episode, when Bubba Fett hunted down the bikers, although they liked it, I heard mm -hmm. people say. It seems too cut and dry for that for that to be resolved. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, because when yeah, he's like, oh, we, we gotta take care of some, and then Fennec help help them wipe them out, right? Right. Uh, let's see. The other crime families betray Fett and attack his soldiers throughout most Espa. Oh, I said most Pelgo, but most Espa. My bad. Um, Fett and Jaren send Shays, uh, Major Domo, to distract the Pikes, allowing the pair to attack the group, though they are soon outnumbered. And then the, that's when Freetown came. And that was the uh, that was the the bartender, right? And on the gun of the turret of the that land speeder that came. Yes, yeah, that's what I thought. He was he's a he's he got a, he's a good shot, man. I must say. And that was a that was a point where the um, where the Mandalorian and Boba Fett they were just getting blasted, and they were but the best car was was um, saving them, but it was still taking a toll on their bodies. They're still getting hit. Yeah, I mean that was the whole the whole thing, like no cover, just out in the open for everyone mm-hmm. to hit. It, it was it was interesting. However, yeah, the best car. I mean, I get it. You uh, you could withstand you stand shots, but how many shots could you really stand? Right, <laughs> it's like wearing a Kevlar vest. You know, someone shoots you, you're not going to die, but you're going to feel it. That's the way I see it. And then uh, at that point, that's when the two droids, right? The droid bots come the, with the the force fields around them. Yeah, but let, let's backtrack a little bit before that too. Okay. Like um, when those uh, modified kids got got um, got pinned down and didn't uh, in the, the couple of them the died, right? Chick. No, no. As far as I know, well, not the main ones, well, but one of their one of their group died. I remember it fell down, and then Fennec Shan came and saved them. Yeah. Yeah, Shan came to save him. And then uh, the Gamorrean guards got kind of pumped. Yeah, yeah, they did. They felt, didn't they? They got, they got pushed, pushed off the cliff. cliff. And then uh, apparently uh, Black Krishantin is uh, nickname is Santo. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's bulletproof. <laughs> Fuck, man. He was getting, he was getting worked. <laughs> yeah. Either that or they're, they're like, maybe, you know, you're like, uh, you know, you're like an eight foot giant and you're getting shot with 22 bolts. Like uh, you know, twenty-two you caliber, go. yeah. So they're 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 hurting you, but they're not killing you, right? But then those those droids came, and I think they're called Scorpenic, Scorpenic droids. That's Scorpenic. the name of Scorpenic. Man, those I, things, I, those things are they. Man, I. Uh, so you know, spoiler alert: they they defeat them, but I I don't. <laughs> I don't I didn't think they were going to defeat him. I mean, of course they were because, you know, they're heroes and that's the West. That's the way it goes. This is Disney Plus. But, uh, man, they just looked unstoppable, right? Right. And the Pikes, the Pikes yeah. obviously sent them in. That was a lot of, they lost a lot of money that fucking, <laughs> with that battle, man, losing those two droids. Well, okay. So let's talk about how the droids were defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? Uh, they got through. Mando got through the uh, the saber, right, or the 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 shield, right? Yeah, he got through into the shield. Yeah, and he has a dark saber on him, mm-hmm. and uh, that was interesting. You know, the, the interesting thing is there was a thing back in uh, the Clone Wars on the yeah. uh, the other one. That remember the the small robots with the shields or the smaller ones? Yeah, there yeah. Was something robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where like Anakin and Ahsoka figured out that if you roll a, a detonator slowly through it, 
it'll blow up and the shield will actually contain the blast and kill the robot. Oh, okay. So that was kind of my thing. It's like, like you know, Christianton was trying to get through, Boba Fett was trying to get through, and they couldn't. And like, I thought the secret was to walk slowly. So I just thought that they would figure it out. Um, yeah. But what I want to say is, I wanted I wanted the Rancor to be like the Hulk. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like when uh, when uh, the first Avenger movie was in New York, that battle, how he just ripped through everything like that giant, you know, snake monster. He just freaking punched it in the head mm-hmm. and it died. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, he wants to go get him or go get the Rancor, but when the Rancor was there, it was still tough for him. I thought I just thought like the Rancor would just be that. You know what I mean? Just to give the Rancor that much more juice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean maybe it takes a few shots, but. Uh, he he really yeah. just goes in there, grabs yeah. it, and rips it apart. Right, yeah, grabs it and just like you know crushes the head and stuff. Not like you know take shots and, and get stabbed and whatnot. I decided that, that would be better. And however, a lot of other people were saying, "Well, why didn't Boba Fett just use the the remote on his gauntlet and you know fly his 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 slave one through and just shoot up everything?" Right? Yeah, because the uh, the the blaster from the the slave one should have been able to get through the shield. Right, but they're even talking about going back with the pipe. You know, just oh. even get out of that. <laughs> oh, they, that that's a good point. Um, but Grogu actually was instrumental in in defeating one of the uh, the droids because he he grabbed like or he took one of the uh, the the bolts or a joint from one of the legs of the of the droids and it just kept falling down. I thought it would have been better if it was a ball joint and he grabbed and it was like a ball, like, you know, a, a huge ball bearing. Cause remember the, he liked that shift knob from, uh, from Mandalorian ship. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, did, did you, did you figure the rancor, the rancor was going to make his appearance when Boba Fett said, I, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get some help. No, no, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, uh, neither did I. But at the same time, when it came, I was like, "Fuck, I should we, we should have saw that because <laughs> they talked about uh, being able to control a rancor and he's your pet and you know he's he's on your side if you treat him right." Right. Thanks to uh, Danny Trejo. Anyway, um, but uh, then that's when Cat Bane shows up right after they after they defeat the two droids. And now it's time for for Cad Bane and Boba Fett to uh, to square off. And what did you think of the scene? What did you think of the 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 actual duel between them? Um, well, you can't have the showdown at high noon if, if you have a like a submachine gun versus a pistol. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like Boba Fett. I mean, I get it. It's weapon of choice, and he's probably good and proficient with it. However, for speed wise, you can't match pistol with that. You know, it's got the uh, the longer barrel and the arm brace. I mean, you can't or the shoulder stock, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, but, you, you, yeah. like it, it was the wrong weapon. You know. Yeah. So I get it, and then uh, you know, Boba used his uh, his gaffy stick that all of a sudden was on him. You know, I didn't see that the whole real episode until <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I, I I had no idea he had it strapped to his back or wherever it was tucked away. <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was telescopic. He just had it in his pocket, he pulled it out, and went, like yeah. a like a, a nightstick. <laughs> yeah. And I I liked how he was good for that with for a few moves, not just like all of a sudden like 
sweep the leg and stab him like he you know he he uh he defended the flamethrower and knocked him down and hit him a couple times and stabbed him uh, yeah. a lot of people say that they don't think had been is dead because like he had like right. a little chest monitor still still beating still yeah beating. yeah i heard that too i heard that and also uh, um you know, but Boba was also, he was hurt from, you know, the, the prior battle. So he kind of needed a, a little bit of a leg up or, or like, a, um, he needed help from his weapons. Right. So I, I didn't mind that. Even though it wasn't totally equal, it still, uh, it still didn't, it didn't bug me as much. But then again, I'm, I'm not a way into it. I'm not a nerdish about it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and it's funny because maybe well maybe it's not uh, maybe not funny funny is not the word but um but the rancor was like rampaging and then grogu was able to lull it to sleep or or you know at least uh, you know calm it oh. down and he was it from the force or is it just you know it seemed like <laughs> you know what came to mind was when uh Crocodile Dundee got that uh, that that bull or the buffalo, and he was able to to <laughs> to calm that down. It reminded me of that a little bit. What do you think? I, I get what you're saying, and uh, I I vaguely remember from uh, Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. and I I saw it on one of the nerve videos. But yeah, that the uh, the young Jedi in that one, Ezra Bridger, Bridger, Ezra Bridger. Yeah, he he had that power to kind of uh, soothe animals or or non. Uh, uh, humanoid type features. Oh, okay. Uh, and see, and then the uh, the final scene. Well, the the last scene of the uh, of the regular part of the show. Now, I just to, just to let you know, I did not know of the after credit scene. So, oh yeah, I did know that. Um, <laughs> but but before but right before the before the credit scene, um, the pikes are. In a not very secure room, you th- you would think the head of the, the the pikes, the pike syndicate, they just lost a big battle, and the the bosses are gathered. Wouldn't you? Shouldn't they be in a fucking more secure room, like in a basement or something? Oh, I get that, but at the same time, <laughs> I just thought they thought it was a secret location. No oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, then uh, Fennec Shan showed up, and she just killed all of them <laughs> because they were not in a secure location she had the drop on them and that that like i i like fennec shan but after that scene i'm like oh my god she, she's fucking awesome I, I i love her now no i get that yeah in fact like that's the type of stuff that should have happened like show one you know what i mean mm-hmm. like boba fett showed up and and like claimed this and i was like no we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and all of a sudden you know, before anyone leaves the room, everyone's dead. Well, you know. uh, uh, to just for uh, just to play uh, devil's advocate for that thought, um, Boba wanted to win the respect of everyone. He didn't want to kill anybody. Right. Okay. So he offers a respect, but they're a pet. No, we're going to kill. Him. We're not taking. <laughs> you know. What I mean? That's true. Yeah, I get that. Um, and then uh, just just like I was uh, saying that. Um, at the end of the episode, or after after the credits, the uh, they show a Vanth in the back to tank. When they mention someone's in the back to tank at the time, I thought it was going to be the Mandalorian. Oh. I thought maybe he was. It, it was his turn, you know, like Boba Fett already went through it, and then Chris Antin maybe went first, and now it's 
excuse me. Uh, and but it turns out it was Vant. So Timothy Oliphant's gonna live, and he'll probably get um some enhancements, you know, uh, some cybernetics, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Hmm. All right, anything uh, that I missed or that that you like to add to uh to the episode? All right. So on Friday, me, the engineer, and some friends. Met up with, uh, well, met up at the uh, at the Silicon Valley location for the San Francisco Beer Week kickoff. Now, the traditional gala wasn't done mm-hmm. this year again because of COVID. So instead of the gala, they divided up into five different events, like you know, like the city event, the East Bay event, South the Bay. Silicon Valley, obviously, yeah. And then um, I think they had like. Uh, they might have Peninsula in North Africa. I don't know the exact. Right, yeah. uh, no, I get it. Cake. But um, we went. It was cool. It was a chill spot at Sunnyvale off Murphy Street. It's called, a place called Off the Rails. It used to be like a, a like a fire station themed pizzeria or a restaurant. Or oh, like yeah. I, I remember that place. They had really, you know, you know what I really like at that place was their um their side, they had a side dish when you got a steak or chicken or whatever was their uh their green beans. Oh my god, they were so good, man. They were buttery, they were crisp. Anyway, <laughs> it's not there anymore, so who fucking cares? <laughs> the highlight, well, okay. So they had um off the rails brewing mm-hmm. uh beers. They had them all like you know, you do the samples. You can get any samples you want. They had their, their brewing they had collaboration beers, yeah, from uh, from different places, and then they had um, they had this new place called Scott, and they had Alpha Acid. Okay, I've heard of Alpha Acid, yeah, right, yeah, no Alpha. Um, so let me go down the the beer work beers. Okay. Intrinsic. Okay, it was called Intrinsic. Mm-hmm. It was a they called it an enhanced West Coast IPA. With New Zealand Phantasm. Why was it enhanced? Did that weed in it? Well, because it was just West Coast and then it had the Australian. Oh, okay. Alright. But it was from. It was a collab with Headlands, Dos Yellow, uh, mm. and uh, Temesca Brewing. Mm-hmm. And then they had. One I liked was called Pure Harmony. From Devil's Canyon, collab with Stop Brewing and uh, Brewing with Brother. Oh, I never heard of them. I heard of the other two. Yeah. And it was called. It's a, it was titled a cold IPA with. Huh. And they had Hot Drip from Cooperage Brewing Company, a collab with Adobe Creek and Parliament Brewing, and that was a fruit sour IPA. A fruit sour IPA. Okay. Then we got the um, San Francisco edition called the Red Whale, which is a tropical red IPA. Hmm. Okay. And it was brewed by Fair Bottle, local brewing, and the Woods Beer and Wine Company. Oh, okay. A lot of collabs, seems like. Yeah. And then there was uh, Barrier Brewers Guild, the Coast edition. There was called Juxtapose. <laughs> which was a double dry hop West Coast IPA. Okay. From from Woodhouse, down in Santa Cruz, 
New Bohemia, and Highway One. Oh, okay, yeah, Nubo. Your your buddy, what's his name? Ryan? Yeah. No, it's uh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Okay. Pretty sure. It's Jeff. All right. And then Barrier Brewing East Bay. Um, from okay. Barrier Brewing of the East Bay, the intrinsic, the enhanced West Coast IPA from Temesco Brewing out of Oakland, Headlands Com- Headlands Brewing Company out of Lafayette. And Del Cielo out of one. Wow. All right. Del Cielo there twice. Good for them. Are they twice? Well, you, you mentioned them once before in another in collab. No, I don't think so. Or I might have mentioned that collab then. Oh, okay. Yeah. To my scale, headlines. Yeah. I, I mentioned them. All right. I thought there was six. I guess there's five. Hmm. See, there's North Bay. Silicon Valley. Yeah. East Bay. Coast, which is like Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only five. Okay. okay. So what was the what was the experience like? Was it a lot of people? Was it a um, little bit at a time? Get you in, get you out? Um, no, there's a few people. You can stay as long as you want. Um, you know, it was really cool. They had a live, live band that played like, you know, like 90s and early 2000s. Live. Oh. Right up your cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I mean, I know you've been to the gala before. It, it, I'm not trying to ask you to compare it, but um, did you feel like it was a good start to beer week in, in the Bay Area? You know, I just enjoyed being out with my friends. Okay. So, yeah. And my wife. So, I mean, yeah, of course. You know, I, I'm because of work and, and, you know, being a family man uh, I'm probably not going to go to a lot of events you know until possibly Saturday I don't, I don't even know I mean what's going yeah. on so, I mean uh, but it, it was good to go out and um, it could have been a little bit more selection as far as you know off the rails brewing and Scott and Al Fassett was there I thought maybe maybe two maybe three more Silicon Valley breweries there pouring would have been cool, you know, yeah. having their own events or, or doing their own thing. Oh, I get it. Um, yeah. Maybe a little shine was taken off because some other places earlier during the week already had plenty of the anger going on. So, oh, yeah. I saw that our buddy Matt Hartstein, uh, the owner of Taplands, they had plenty of the younger and they sold yeah. out uh, a keg in like 50 minutes. I believe it. I'm pouring the lad out there. Good for them. No, definitely. Yeah, but that's about it for that for uh, for my beer week experience. If you will. All right, thanks for downloading yet again another cold brew podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we like to wish you cheers. Until next time.